All right. Welcome, everyone, to Seminar 108, The Commentary. I'm Adam Blanford, the new director for Seminar. And joining me today, uh, Tilly Bridges. Hello. And Cole Kozlov. Hello. And the one, the only, B.C. Morrison. Hello. All right. It's good to hear you, hear all your voices and be able to talk with you about this show. And it's really weird to hear myself talking. You know, the, I, I'm, uh, I'm doing the intro for this one. And, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do a lot of acting, but whenever I did, it was always super uncomfortable to hear myself back. So I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how you, you people who act more often do it. Um, you're here, you just yes. kind of get used to it and you roll with it and eventually you learn to find, you, you learn to find something you like about your voice. Hmm. So, um, I'm just going to point out with that Very intro nice. that that is the original seminar theme. We've switched back. And, uh, so Vincent, thank you so much for the, for, for uh, letting us use that seminar theme again. Um, love it. And so that'll be the theme that, that we use from now on. That's not my theme, though. Well, I mean, you composed it, didn't you? Not that, not that uh, version of it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you to whoever you know composed it originally. So. I thought that was you, but I don't remember it. The show's been going for so long now. You know what? I don't yeah. think they can you know, listen, you know, listen to it. It's like, do not believe that is, but. I've been, I've been listening to a few, to a few, few, few of them now, so I've been uh, going back and forth. Um, could be mistaken. It's all good. Well, you so, know how it yeah. is when you've worked on stuff for a long time. I go, I, I've heard old episodes that I wrote, and I'm like, I have no memory of writing this. Yes, <laughs> I know. If my name yes. was on it, I would not think that was me. I would be like, who did, wrote did this? I write? Did I write that? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here we are in wrapper one, um, and and uh, Vincent wrote this one, and we have like a, a bunch of new characters. Uh, we we had a wealth of of new uh, actors jump in, and some veteran actors for, with pendant, and uh, they all did a fantastic job playing these students. So it was so fun. I love the variety of voices that you got with them. They all sound so different, and it's really um, like refreshing to the ears. I really like it. <laughs> I I love Bob Johnson. I love I love I love that I love that voice. Uh, when I when I wrote wrote, wrote him when I when I wrote, when I wrote, wrote, wrote when I wrote him I did say that he, he just sound he should sound like a Muppet and yeah that's exactly what we have here. I love it so much. Yes, oh, yeah, Bob. So that and is VC. Go ahead. Was that an explicit Invader Zim reference I caught when he talked about himself sitting down as the human boy that I am? No, that is not what I wrote. Then I think that females you know, ad lib. Yeah, yeah. So that's Eric Valdez, and uh, and when he did it, I thought he did an absolutely amazing job with the uh, with uh, the character. Um, he it was really clear that he was holding back with the Muppet, so we could dial up the Muppet to eleven if we needed to. And uh, he had some fantastic ad libs. He's got some of the best stuff there, and so I, I try to use as much of it as I possibly can because it's so. It's so funny. Like he has a lot of fun with this role. There's Bay Holidays real. And yep. Yeah, I had to cheat with Hex because uh, originally I think there was supposed to be an insectoid um, undertone to it, but I yeah. 
I um, I ended up mixing this at the last minute, and I just didn't have time to try and you know work through that. So I gave him a straight translated oh, right. voice. So. Sure. Okay. Sure. What What does insectoids sound like? Uh, it was well. What I had in mind. Yeah, but... what, I, what I had that mind was um, uh, in the old, in the old, in the old, uh, old uh, trans, trans, transform, transformers. Cartoon with the with the with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the insecticons how, how they would like, oh. talk and, and, and oh yeah yeah you know, echo a little bit you know, yeah that's that's why I had that in mind but you know this works too shall I play it please now we are jumping into an apology so Tilly would you like to yeah. talk a little bit about uh, about this piece and. Uh, your motivations um, for writing it and yeah run down well uh you may have noticed this is uh a very personal uh little piece um it came up i just uh, there was some day i saw some um tweet going around on twitter uh as the tweets do and it was like um asking trans people uh what would you say to your pre-transition self if you got a chance to talk to them if that were somehow possible and that really made me think because you know it's such a weird thing um for a lot of trans people because it almost feels like there have been two completely different versions of yourself because your pre-transition self wasn't the real you it was you know this false shell this costume and part you were trying to play that was wrong and didn't fit and that you hated and made you feel bad and uh so it's uh but yet that was still technically you even if it was the real you and so it's just weird complicated headspace where you know like do i wish i had figured out that i was trans earlier so i could have transitioned earlier yes uh because the more time i get to spend as me the better my life has been but if i did that much much earlier i might not have the son that i have now or i might not have met uh, Susan and gotten married to her. Um, so it, it would have changed my entire life. And so, um, and, and those are things that I have uh, from the old version of me that are very important to me that I, I love, you know, my son and my wife more than anything. And I would never want to jeopardize that. But then, you know, so then you have to think, well, then that meant I had to go through all of those years in pain as the wrong person just to get those things. And that's kind of hard to deal with, but I get to be myself now and have those things that I got from before. And so, um, I don't know, it's this weird, this weird thing where you just look at it and it might've been nice if things happened differently, but if they did, then maybe now wouldn't be as good. So um, it's hard to say that all those years, uh, you know, of misery were worth it, but um, I'm, you're happy where you are right now, and that's what's important, right? So, um, there's only so much navel gazing a person can do, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely get it, and and I, I definitely could, I could sense the, you know, how personal it was, and and how yeah. important this conversation was for you, um, and and you know, I, I could definitely, you know, you know, knowing you over over the years, I, I could definitely mm -hmm. tell that this was. Uh, this was significant and that it really would be a kind of conversation. Um, yeah. And so um, I, I definitely, um, I, I wanted to, to really put that sensitivity in there. Um, 
I do appreciate the apology that you gave me that you apologized to me that there was no soundscape whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hard from so, a directing perspective. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the thing here was the music that yeah. I, I tried to use to, to bring out the, uh, the emotion and bring out just the, the, the sense of the scene. Um, I, I thought this was a great piece. I, I, I really enjoyed reading it and it, you know, personally, personally, it actually, um, took me down, uh, memory lane a little bit. Um, it reminded me of a, of a story that I'd, I'd, uh, read uh, uh, by Isaac Asimov about two characters who were non-corporeal and they started Ooh. to remember that one was a man and one was you know, one was was a, a man one was a woman that one had experienced heartbreak so there were a lot of parallels there and so that kind of helped me you know visualize the scene in my head and I so remember that, really... that story I remember yeah. that story just 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 a, just a, just a, just a, a, a vaguely I remember that sorry right, yeah it, well, that's it really a, cool. Yeah, and I and, think you, know, you did a great job with the music. Um, it it worked wonderfully. It, thank you. I I really appreciate it. I wanted to make sure that this was was approached with the the right sensitivity, the right you know respect, and and just yeah. really trying to bring that all out. And yeah, uh, it's weird too because not only is this like the most personal thing I think that I've written for all of Pendant, but it's also like technically not fiction. I mean, like these two people don't exist, but this was literally just me figuring out my own thoughts through typing. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is this is really just what went on in my head between these sort of uh, two versions of myself. So um, I don't I, I feel a little exposed. Well, it's all it, out there. It, it's 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 really good, and you know it, it actually also reminded me of another story that I'd read. Um, it, it, it's uh, there's one called Options by John Varley, and it was about a someone who. Um, they, they get tired of their, their gen the gender roles that they're expected to have. And that, uh -huh. and they, um, they actually, I mean, it's the future. So they get put into a, a cloned male body. They go the other way. Sure. But what was really poignant was that there was a conversation in there that, um, that the, uh, the main character had that said, you know, that the fact is that there are two halves and they're fighting against each other and one wins out and locks the other in a cage. But oh. For me, it was if the two could talk to each other and actually come to some sort of understanding, then maybe something better could emerge from it. And uh, so this this to me was kind of an extension of that. There was there's this conversation going on and, and an understanding and and uh, kind of an amiable parting. And so yeah. I, I thought it was really poignant. Well, thank you. It, it's such a weird thing to think about, you know, because it's like that was me. But I look at like photos from our wedding and I'm like, I have no connection at all whatsoever to the person in those photos anymore. It doesn't even look like me. It's not me. It was never me. And so it's like, who is that person? And why do they get to have the wedding day with my wife? That's weird. So it's such a bizarre thing uh, to go through and think about. So I have you ever thought about doing those things again? Uh, yeah, we're we're planning. Uh, maybe we have a, a kind of a big um, anniversary coming up in a few years and so we're thinking of maybe doing a whole sort of like vow renewal wedding yeah. 2.0 type thing maybe if uh cool. we can afford it and COVID yeah. allows we'll see but mm -hmm. um yeah so uh you know that's one of those things that would be really nice to do if we're able all right and um i just want to point out that the the two actors here are 
I, I mean, first of all, I want to say I think that that's great. I, I really, I, I hope you get to have that that vow renewal, and I think that's a that that would be wonderful. And then you know, you you've got those memories, and yeah, it, it, it'll be a wonderful thing. Um, I just want to give a a, a recognition to the two actors, uh, Jillian Morgan, who uh, is herself trans, and and so yeah. for her, it was really meaningful as well to be able to act the part of uh, of Andy, and yeah. uh, and then Josh Kibbe. Uh, he he acted the part of Tom, and so it was a really, they, they both did a really great job uh, bringing the sensitivities necessary for the role. I agree, they really did. And just, a, uh, I guess, the last little tidbit about it is that their names come from uh, Thomas Anderson, which is, of course, the dead name of Neo in The Matrix. Uh, I have my Matrix Trans Allegory <laughs> book coming out uh, next year, so uh, look for that. Oh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Oh, here we go. Here's uh, here's Sarah Palmero as Lemon. Um, I'll just say I played around with the different voices, and all I did was speed up the voice twenty percent. Mm -hmm. and, and it gave a perfect, clean. It didn't sound ridiculous. It didn't sound like yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks, and so I was really happy with that. I can't believe you only increased that twenty percent, and it sounds that fast. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Sarah's got really great. You got the really great diction, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just was like, I, I want to do this in such a way that it's not going to be um, overbearing or overprocessed or anything. So, yeah. so I want to say this discussion they're having right having right now about 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 gender. I knew I had to be very careful about this. I was trying to use language that was, you know, correct and respectable. And I talked with talk with talk with talk with Tilly to make to make to, to make sure that I was saying those saying those saying those saying those saying 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 things correctly. I, I hope it, it, it didn't work. But hope it came out, you know, well. It did. Yeah. You did a wonderful job. And this is our new, new, Bridget <laughs> Our new, new. Technically, it's our new, 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 new. new. I think this yeah. is new 4.0. I think. Very new. Ultra new. Very new. Can I keep, 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 cannot keep news, news around for some reason, but that's all right. I mean, if. Since the character's name new, it almost it, it almost make almost makes sense for them to be new all the time. So I think it's it's fine. I mean, they're kind of like the doctor; they have a different regeneration every couple of episodes. It all yeah. it works, you know. Just yeah. have a completely different character every time, and nobody mention it. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and Galorm coming into the room. Of course, uh, he is the whole reason for, for the for the for the for the name the name the name the name name the, name, name the episode. Uh, 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 in. Yep. I, I believe. I believe. I believe. This, I believe. This, I believe. This how I, this how he described him coming in in, in, in the script. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and Brady Hendricks already had a great you know low voice. I just took it down about you know about two two points or so, and uh, and just kind of slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, I am. I'm always amazed by how much now you can do with with voice acting in post um, to make somebody sound completely different. Like, um, I never knew that Steve Blum also did the voice of Grunt in Mass Effect. 
And when I met him <laughs> early, series, he says, yeah, they just, I just read it normally and they dropped me down like two semitones and that was it. <laughs> I was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right. Here we are jumping into just the basic facts. Another, another uh, scene where um, everybody stays put in one room and uh, I get to play with a little bit more soundscape. Here. It's a bottle show. It, it really was a bottle show. It, it really saved the cost, you know? Um, so, Cole, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, about the motivations for writing this? What uh, what prompted you to come up with this idea? Uh, it's, it's something I've been batting around for a long time. I forget when I first had it. Just this idea of, of time travel that doesn't quite work. Um, it's, it's not a coincidence that that's also... Uh, sort of a, a central theme of, of 12 Monkeys, uh, the, for me, great, all-time great time travel movie, which is also set in Philadelphia. Um, when the one guy says, science ain't exactly an exact science, these clowns, and I more or less stole that. Um, but I, I love that idea that eh, sometimes things that should work just don't. And... Um, as, as someone who has, a, uh, if you guys have heard of the Pauli effect, uh, which is, I have the great ability to make technology break by being near it. Um, I crashed my I crashed my TV over the weekend. I didn't know a TV could crash. It, it can. Um, crashed your TV. Yes. TV crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so th that idea of everything, our entire technological society is based on this thing will work every time. Well, what if we some, get something really big that doesn't, and and to see where that went. Four years from now. No, this this was a this was a great one to to mix. I had a lot of fun with this one, and I was really proud of the fact that there were no requested revisions when I when I turned it in. Um, flawless. You got no requested revisions. I got many well, requested I mean, revisions. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> no, we're, we're not talking about you. Um, no. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, I, I think I went through. I think one of my my shorts, I had like five revisions, uh, uh, five rounds, and so I, I feel you pain. No, it's uh, I. It, it's funny. I, I wrote this in an Airbnb in Los Angeles on vacation. The whole like writing in a hotel room cliche, which turned out to work, <laughs> and and, and Tilly just kept batting it back at me with okay a your first draft is 10 pages too long so we're gonna fix that I'm yeah that, that was a an issue <laughs> yeah but uh and no and I, i've said before every, every one of her suggestions was was way better than what i come up with and um turned something that was interesting but bloated into uh something that i think came out really tight the only thing i would have said when i listened to it i said i, sh I should have demanded philadelphia accents and really driven everybody nuts <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I want to point out Akiva Vita, who plays Jessica Cunningham, actually is from Philadelphia. So, um, like and, a lot of actors, she tries to make you not know that. Well, and and I I actually I acquiesced because in a couple of places she was like, okay, you know, I you know I based on living here locally, we would actually say this um, in, in the in her notes. She would give me notes in the in the dialogue. So yeah, I was like, wow. okay, sure, why not? Um, and so, and, and she actually did some of her own Foley too. So, um, you know, kudos for that. The paper flipping at the end, totally Akiba. Um, I love that dedication. Oh, it was fantastic. 
you know, and and uh, and, and that's the thing is that I, I I'm spoiled because I get to really trust the actors and and let them play around and and then you know I get to use some of this really great improv and other stuff to to supplement. But uh, but yeah, Akiva is actually from Philly and noted that and I rolled with it. Well, there's 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 a story I tell as I was watching the haunting of Bly Manor and I'm watching this and Victoria Pendretti who has this very strange put on accent and I'm and finally I, I go what is she covering up here is she from like Mississippi or something and I go and look and she's from Philly that's what she's covering up um she's from Levittown and uh if I had if I had known we had a Philly native doing it, I could have really punched it up and really made it hyper local, and and, and everyone would have gone nuts. I, it, it, it's funny. I, like a lot of English people I know, have worked very hard to shed the Philadelphia accent, um, because I'm you get tired of getting laughed at a lot of places. Um, but there are times when it really works, and that that image of the of the Philly cop, especially. I've never met a police officer in the city who didn't have the, the thickest, most impenetrable <laughs> Philly accent you've ever heard. And I, I was, I, I hope the, I was hoping it got played up a little bit. Definitely not me. So what is a Philly accent? Actually, uh, it is things like uh, uh, the, the discount warehouse store Costco, um, the famous Wooder. It's uh, pronouncing H2O as W-O-O-D-E-R. Oh. Um, eliding uh, uh, D's and J's, G yet kind of stuff. A, a lot of it is, uh, what's the word? Is is kind of like cliche now, and and a big part of it is I I I can't hear it because I I grew up here. I I hear it in my head when I think before I talk, and I work to not do that. But it's your home accent is is what the language is it's it's you all have bad accents i'm fine yeah oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. until i go um especially in southern california when when if i'm not careful or when i'm with friends from out here and people stare at us like what the hell are you saying and you're you're you know asking for a drink of water and yeah it's fun no i i i was in uh, i was in el salvador um, years ago, and I was I was staying with a host family, and I was trading vocabulary words with these two two girls in the family, and they they pointed to uh, to a chair, and they they asked me what that was in English, and I said chair, and they they said chair, like they ate the R like it was like it was lunch, and I was like I don't talk like that, I, I don't talk like that, and they're like yeah chair, uh, and so. I, Ever since I've had a complex about those retroflex R's because I'm from Ohio and uh, and so I, I I I'm very controlled when I talk. And, are, you, and are, are you another accent nerd? I'm I'm super huge on that on the weird like specific specificities of of regional and hyperlocal accents. I love that stuff. Yeah, I, I got uh, so uh, my mom was an opera singer, and so I, I got to learn about accents and about different things and uh, it, having to do with the enunciation and all that. My mother would not let me speak with any kind of accent. So um, I interesting, but I, I also developed the ear to hear different accents and really internalize them. So um, yeah, I I I love the accents. I do I do a bunch of them. Uh, they really come in handy in my my character work, and so I. Yeah, I totally, uh, I, I guess I am kind of a nerd. It's weird. 
Yeah, no, once but, I, uh, I was down for it. Then I discovered Eric Singer on YouTube and, and devoured everything of all of his accent stuff for, uh, I think it was, I think it was Vanity Fair and, and just really love getting into the minutia of stuff like that. But then of course, I don't actually know what an upstate New York accent sounds like. So when, when I, when I heard it, I, I said, that might be it. Sure. I don't actually know what like someone from Utica sounds like. I, I don't know. Everybody's from Brooklyn. Like we, my my accent is always like this when I'm using it because you know that's the only one I can think of. So I kind of sound like Peter Falk. One more thing. Um, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I don't know why your sense of time gets screwed up. I'm that's from I'm from Long Island. My my uh, mother is 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 from is from is from Brooklyn. So I, so so I don't so I don't so I don't know so I don't know I don't, so I don't know what, what I. I don't I don't know what I sound like I'm just <laughs> yeah, and I said, you all sound weird I sound fine yeah yeah, yeah I grew up uh, in you know uh, Chicago and so for me it's always those uh those long A's that always get me you know because it's sausage and I always have to catch myself and uh, all the time it comes out so sausage sausage yeah, I narrated an audiobook last year and I had to talk to a friend from Chicago and say, okay, how do I how do I sound like I'm from Chicago? And I, it was a, a part for a cop. So yeah, I had to learn how to be, be have the really thick Chicago accent. Yeah. Nice. Let's just just watch the Bears sketch over and over again. The Bears. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is, you know, a caricature, but it is also it, it's just turned up. If you just dial it down a little, that's basically what a lot of people sound like. I mean, I, mine wasn't that bad because I wasn't in the city. I was in the suburbs, but um, yeah. No, and, and somebody, I forget where, uh, of my, uh, the folks that I sort of send stuff to before I ship it to Tilly, um, said to me, so are you going to name somebody after an eagle in every one of these? Like, yeah, yeah, if I can. Why not? Have fun. I don't know what the universe or reality it just it just occurred to me I should have listened to a recording of Kurt Vonnegut to get the upstate New York accent, which is the whole the biggest inside joke of the piece. A a, a time traveling soldier named Billy from upstate New York. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. I've read Slaughterhouse Five. It's, it's in, in, in a lifetime of obtuse pop culture references. This was one of my obtusiest. Um, but once you start doing time, like once I started doing time travel, that's like I, my mind couldn't go anywhere else. And I, I, that was like, I got to work this in. OK, fine. Random night and you were drinking. So I, I want to throw in uh, just for fun, uh, the music underlying this um, underlying this piece um, I pulled from one, almost one album, about 95% of the music comes from one album by Josh Mullen. It's called mm -hmm. Crime and Punishment. There you and, go. The, and the titles include A Sense of Time, A Tainted Past, A Time for Justice, The Past and the Present. So it really just seemed like, you know. It's like he it was, wrote it for this piece. Yes. That's, that's yeah. the universe coming together. Yeah. Right? Wow. And so I, yeah, and, and part of it was like, oh, man, I love these titles. I'm going to see what I can do to shove them in. And it all worked. So, yeah, the universe was, it, it was destiny. That is fantastic. Um, I also apologize to 
to tell you guys for for writing a part with one line in the middle of it, which I, as I was saying, like, I, I, I was saying, like, I'll just do this. I'll, I'll record this one day, and, and, and then I forgot about it. It's like that's that's kind of a dick move. Like, oh hey, here's a whole person you got to get to say two sentences at the end. Okay. I jumped in my booth and did it, and uh, oh, but okay. I, I I I turned. I he the character's name is Ed Bruno because he's called Ed in the script, but his name is Bruno. Um, the character name is Bruno, but she calls him Ed. So I was like, oh, he's Ed Bruno. So, you know. And I, so yeah, one, I gave him that one line and York. confusing confusing credentials too. All right, nice work. Maybe write less on vacation. Then. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, a few less margaritas. You know. The technological advancement curve might get flattened too much. I I and I think I talked about this last time. I I always had trouble with um that that whole the Twilight Zoney vibe. Um, partially because I have a weird mental block about like daring to put myself in the same like universe as Rod Serling. So I, I, I wasn't sure how the end would get over. And it, it came out great. It was, it was more or less the, the best way I thought of it in my head, her reading that bit at the end. I, it, it redeemed what I thought was uh, uh, me maybe troweling over some of, some of my uh, lesser qualities. Everybody and their brother is no, I, I thought it was great, and and uh, it, I thought it really worked well with uh, with the actress, and that when when we got the music in there, and we got when I got everything mixed together, it just seemed to really I, I loved it. Like I'm really proud of the end of this. So you did good. And it, it's it, it sounds it's super inside baseball. The table thump, I was like, yes, that's perfect. Because I remember thinking about that, working on it. Like, is this is this gonna get over? when someone's listening to it and it's it's absolutely perfect when it comes up and i was waiting for it also I mean i wrote it so i knew it was coming <laughs> well i i will admit i did do some fully work for this episode um some of the effects that i had i, I wasn't quite happy with and so like you know in the wrapper when bob johnson um falls over and everything crashes i was throwing a chair on my office and stuff like no. that. I, I wanted more yeah and and i stole from pericles oh I, I, the the sound of the wood breaking is the ship breaking apart in Pericles. So I, I was pulling all kinds of stuff together to try and make this really chaotic sound. And uh, so I think the table thump might have been me throwing something against the wall. Wow. I love your creativity. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Just one of those. Hey, Jesus, you all right? Fine. Fine. Just a sudden headache time travel must be very stressful yeah it must be yes it is i can't hear it so i'm not sure where we're at at this point sorry uh so she's basically telling him the details are interesting but okay yeah that that is also me saying yes i get it it's the terminator i know you know I, it's it's well but i mean that actually didn't occur to me until very deep into it that oh man you're writing the terminator here and i i needed to find some way to sort of give myself some cover once um once i realized that it was like one but years ago I, I i was driving home from a party and i spent the whole party like outlining this story in my head and all right all right cool and then the next day when i sat down i realized i had written neuromancer in the car 
And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. Then I think it, it's already been done better than I'm going to do it. Um, and it's once you talk about time travel and killing people, it is it is very hard to avoid the Terminator. Um, as our leading AI researchers will tell you. But yeah, I, I hope people will forgive that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's you know the 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 uh, the idea may be the same, but the way you write it, the, the way the the way the characters uh, act and how they do things is what makes makes the uh, the uh, the, uh, the uh, what makes what makes the uh, story really to me. You know, uh, you have you have you have two 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 movies with the with with the with the, with the same concept and the and have and the completely different movies. You know. Yep. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Terminator was even the first uh time travel story where someone had to go back and kill a bad person, you know what I mean? So it's oh, no. uh or or in that case it was a good person, but whatever. Ask Colin Ellison. So as we were talking about before we had to reset the zoom link, um everything everything leads back to the Terminator. Yeah, so so good. Harlan Ellison can sue me now too. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> well if he's able to sue you, it's remarkable because he's you know dead. But yeah. is he really? Yeah, I missed that. Oh, uh, yeah. Did a couple of years. Under different circumstances. Well, all right, let's. I'm not a pillage his whole estate. Sweet. <laughs> but he also said you and I looked practically like um, friends. So who knows? Yeah, the Terminator is, is a Harlan Ellison story, right? Yep. Or, well, or he, based on? So uh, uh, Harlan Ellison claims that Demon with a Glass Hand, which he wrote for The Outer Limits, uh, was the That's inspiration right. for the Terminator, and so he was very. There were a couple of other stories that he tried to claim were also he wrote another time travel story with a soldier and so that's why he sued them and and uh yeah james cameron is like harlan ellison kissed my ass so i told you it wasn't an extra said, it's knowing if you had gone with the really intensely 80s soundtrack then i probably couldn't have gotten away from the terminator uh homages which, every time i watch that movie i forget about the incredibly 1984 soundtrack Oh yes, and yes, yes. Put that in the that, dance I, I club. That, like wow, that dancing. Yeah, yeah. This is the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> might, might 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 have overwhelmed an, an audio play a little bit to do that. Probably a little bit. You don't want to break that. And so we're back in the classroom, and they're talking about time travel. And I had yep. to think about, okay, this is the rapper. This is the world around the stories that we're telling. Is there time travel? Does it actually exist? <laughs> oh, good I don't know. It's never been established, so. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. to you. Be, it yeah, can so if you want. Yeah, yeah. So I, so, I just had, so, I, so I just had them discuss it. So now it's a maybe. You know, there might be some, some might, might be some, uh, uh, some, uh, some, uh, some people out there, uh, preventing others from doing time travel. Perhaps we'll meet them one day. Who knows? We'll see what the future holds. If you ever run into a weird continuity issue later. Seminar. Uh, continuity problems, time travelers. That's all it was. All, all, anything you help with, all time travelers. There once was a ship called the Ark of Humanity, and then there was aliens, and then there was time travel. Yes, yes. Let's just keep going. <laughs> well, it's been going for, been going for uh, almost two decades now. So let's keep it going. Yeah. Wow, two decades? Holy crap! Almost, almost. It's like 15, 16 years now. Um, 
Yeah, because I I think seminar started in 2007, so that would mean 15 now. Okay, all right. I dig it. It's old. It's almost old enough to drive. <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you all so much for joining me and talking about your uh, your wonderful writing and. Uh, and uh, helping me provide more context for this uh, for this episode. Thank no, you thank for you. all your your great work on the episode, Adam. You did a great job. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate it.